we can wire past the 100 episode threshold. We are now on our 101st episode. We have Aro here, fresh back from scorching beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, where he was able to enjoy um, a, a really a, one of the craziest moments in the history of Phoenix basketball um, in <laughs> game value. two on Tuesday night. Yeah, the Valley Oop, the Aiton Oop, the the Alley in the Valley. There's a lot of Alley names. Valley, I like that. I like. I think I like. I think I like the Valley Oop the most. Yeah, I think that's the one that's sticking right now, at least with Suns fans. But they're, they're, you have a lot of good options. Just the fact that Aiton's name starts with A. But yeah. Uh, but you were at this game. You were lucky lucky enough to get box seats at this game, um, which is incredible considering it's your favorite team. We're deep in the playoffs now. They're two wins away from the finals. So just tell tell us about your, your experience um, in, in in Phoenix and the game itself and how, how that went. Um, the game was incredible. Uh, yeah, the box seats were uh, courtesy of a friend of mine that I roomed with. In, uh, at Syracuse, Andrew Hoyt, I believe a listener of this pod as well. He, he, <laughs> um, so I, I I've seen him. his name pop up on some yes. channels. Before. He was very active on Twitter, uh, has yes. some interesting takes sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so his fam uh, got the box, swung the box seats, and so they invited me over. Uh, big shout out to his mom for giving up her seat to let me go. Um, they know that uh, I'm a uh, big Suns fan, I guess, is the way to put it. Uh, I don't know if I can kind of quantify my Suns fandom, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was it was nice to get out there. Uh, scorching hot during the day, even scorching hot by the time the game started. Uh, but once you're inside, I mean, it looks uh, they like they in the place, and it just looks amazing. You go out front, and the front entrance, as soon as you walk in, there's like a big bar. Um, like big wide open space. It's sort of uh, it's sort of like Staples, like the front entrance that they show on TV. Okay. Yeah, I've been to Staples, um, but I don't think Staples has a bar inside. Yeah, um, I don't think Staples has a bar inside. But so like, it's when you say bar, same, like, you're talking about like you going into the like an open the arena bar. itself. There's a bar or the box. <laughs> you walk. Oh no no no! So there's like you go in the front entrance and there's like an open bar and like just an area where like people are standing around and then you go into like the actual seating area if that makes sense. Okay yeah. And so this is like kind of like an extension that they apparently built on uh, recently, uh, last year I think. And so the box seats were a little bit more in. Um, they're actually kind of hard to find because uh, it's like it's on like the second floor but not like the upper level if that makes sense. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like tucked away. Uh, they make it hard to find. They like got a whole bunch of people there. Like they're checking your tickets like twice, you know, making sure like you actually belong there. Uh, so they keep that place pretty locked down. Um, but once you're inside, I mean, they had like a full-on buffet at the back. Um, it's not like a classic like suite. I was, I was telling you before the pod, it's not like a classic suite where you expect like maybe like a mini bar, um, you know, like maybe snacks, something like that. And then you just have the seats in front. This was like a proper, like you have like a buffet in the back, you have a bar in the back as well. Yeah. Um, and then you walk in and, and the seats are kind of in front of that. Um, and you have your kind of own little row. And so we're sitting with uh, me, my roommate, my roommate's dad, and then uh, their, uh, uh, like, I guess, business partner, we'll say, I, I don't know, I don't know how to phrase it. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, that had the seats. And so he, uh, <laughs> that guy was actually originally from Indiana, but he seems to be a pretty big Suns fan now, so it's pretty awesome. Um, and so, I mean, the crowd was was filled up, at least like the upper bowl. I don't think I could find like an empty seat. The lower bowl, there were a couple empty seats here and there, um, but it didn't really matter because like, as you'd expect, like when you've been starved of playoff basketball. It's loud in there. It's loud in there. It's probably the loudest. This playoffs wise, it's probably the loudest crowd. Um, that I've seen. Utah is the only one that I could yeah, see. I thought Utah, Utah game one versus Clippers was pretty insane. Uh, MSG, obviously, uh, yeah. for, for at least the first couple games. I think like game two was pretty wild. But other than yeah. that, I can't really think of an example that's been – I think I think Phoenix has been the most loud consistently. Like consistent. Yeah, like yeah. every game it seems yeah. to be the, the same level of like insanity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they're so into it. Um, and then, I mean, like, we got the, – the chants weren't, like, the most creative. You had a lot of beat LA, 
Um, PG didn't get as much as I thought he would. He got a lot of boos, but he didn't get like, I don't know, like, cause they were chanting like what way off P to him, playoff P, whatever. Like they were chanting all that stuff to him. I feel like yeah. earlier, um, Phoenix didn't really have any of that. I think he got a couple like overrated shouts, um, but he didn't really get too much, which I was kind of surprised about. I thought like they would really like own in on like Paul George. Uh, although like when he missed the free throws at the end, oh yeah, that got, yeah, very loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Aiden dunk in the first half, that's an underrated one, which got is a Is that the dump off where, where Booker dumps it no, off to him or the lob? Or, this or is the lob. This is the alley-oop over oh, yeah. so, like, where, yeah, where, like, Booker is looking like he's going to do a fadeaway almost, and then he kind of just, like, tosses it up instead. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if it was that one or if it was in, like, more in transition and he just came in off the side and just, like, dumped it. There's, there's one where, where Booker, like, kind of <laughs> dumped it off to him in transition. Yeah. The other one that I'm thinking of is where Zubak goes, like, straight up and he couldn't stop the dunk. Yeah. This is not the one I, at the very end of the game, but this no, is the no, one no. earlier. Yeah. Yeah, so that one got everyone up. Um, and, and like the game was so close, like it was going back and forth. So like the crowd was always kind of in it. There wasn't like any sort of massive lead. I think either way, I think the Clippers might have had a five to seven point lead. Yeah, I think the Suns went up like nine one point in the second quarter. Yeah, that there was a run in this. I want to say in the fourth quarter that was really getting a lot of noise. Um, but they just couldn't like convert and so bad from three and so they just weren't falling but like i think there was one shot it might have been either campaign or mikhail if he had hit the three like i i thought it would, would have just been over the crowd would have been too loud i think we would have gone up by 12 and it just would have like killed the game yeah. uh, but they miss it and so the clippers kind of come back and like the final two minutes i i know i saw on twitter afterwards that it took like upwards of like half an hour or something it did it did like it, the final um, 90 seconds took 33 minutes yeah, which is ridiculous on TV. Which, um, so watch, I, me watching it on TV it didn't even seem like that. I was like, if I had to guess, okay. I would have said like 15. Like the, the reviews are the reviews, but all of them were plays that I felt like needed to be reviewed. Like I don't really get the the, the whole thing where it was like the Beverly thing where it was like out of barely. Like ultimately, like I'm cool with them reviewing it if they get the call right and they do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like, I see the counter argument to it, but like, I see the counter argument to it. Have the regular game. season game when it, like because like yeah. imagine if like that's like game seven and the Clippers lose because it was off of Booker and not Beverly right. and they didn't review it. Right. It's just like you know I feel like that's a worse outcome than them actually going through the motion. And it took yeah. it did take a while, but I didn't think it was like horrible in the moment. Like, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was like on TV. I thought it would have been much worse on TV just with, like, commercials and, like, all that, just slowing it down. But, like, in person, like, it was fine. It's just, like, it, it got to the point where, like, you're just kind of booing the refs anyway. So, like, it's just kind of, like, yeah. you don't think about how long it's taking. Well, booing them the, call where, the call where they called the offensive foul on Booker where he, like, they oh, said, man. like, elbowed man when he – Yeah. Booker was going up for the he shot. He was going up. Yeah. Yeah. That that was probably the worst call uh, in the game. And then yeah, one of the reviews Mon- was, like, barely out on Aiton. Like, they were like, is the ball touching the line? Like, on TV, it took, like, ten angles of this to get to – for them to come to a conclusion because Aiton and Zubac, like, like, fighting for a loose ball, and it barely yeah. went out on Aiton at the end, and they were, like, reviewing it. And, it, like, that one was actually, like, super contentious, and there's no way they would have been able – I think they needed to use all of that time for that one. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there were a couple where like it felt like they needed to use that time. I think the frustrating one was more towards the end. Um, the Aiden dunk got reviewed for quite a while, and then it was more so after the dunk where like the Clippers were trying to sub in people, and then I think Monty tried to sub in someone too yeah. because he was like, "Oh, they're doing it." So like then they had to get all that sorted out, and that yeah. felt like like the ref should just be like, "Dude, like you can't sub anybody in. Like just go. Like let's just play." So I don't know what like all the conversations there after the dunk were. Um, speaking of the dunk, like the dunk, just like everybody, like it, it was the craziest, like most surreal thing I've ever like experienced. That person, that pass <laughs> that Crowder made, he he had to put it in that spot. Um, and people were sort of arguing about the interpretation of that rule, whether it's basket interference, but it's not because it's a live ball. Yeah, it's yeah. a live ball. It's not like a shot, you know. No. Yeah, you can't make it off the inbounds. You can't, you can't make a shot from the inbounds anyway. So, like, yeah. that reminded me of, like, Lowry in the bubble where he has to throw the perfect pass to Ananobi in yeah. the corner. 
it was like one of those where it's just the pass has to be perfect. Um, Zubach doesn't really see the back screen coming, and then it like, like yeah, Booker Town this guy like slams him like pretty hard. And <laughs> I thought like, they could have called something on that. But, yeah, like, but like that, that, that would have been really that would have been really you know, Scott Foster like. Uh, bad. I mean, the Clippers lost the game when PG missed the free throws. That's what oh, yeah. that what it comes down to. Because even if yeah. like, the way Phoenix was shooting for three, you didn't feel confident they were going to hit one to win that game. So, um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure what they were viewing at the end was like the amount of time they were going to put back on the yeah. clock after the eight and dunk. And it was kind of like in the moment, I was like, oh, they'll probably put to like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, which is like barely, barely, barely enough. And like most of the time, you're not like getting – Yeah, they put yeah, – gave them a little more, bit more time. The Clippers had no timeouts. Yeah. So that's like, like, yeah, it's like this is probably over. PG catches it, but he turns around. Yeah, he got the shot off like a little late, but like, you know, he – No, he, off, he, I mean, he was definitely late, but like – Yeah. The fact that he caught it, because it was kind of a wild pass. It wasn't the greatest oh, yeah. pass in the world. And the fact that he was able to catch it and turn around was pretty impressive. But um, I'm sure I'm sure, just pandemonium after the Aiden lob. Pandemonium. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I had my hands on my head. I was like, like how could he do that? I, I don't understand yeah. how that just happened. Um, plus, like, there was, like, a – because from the angle that we were at, it was the far basket. So okay. You couldn't like it was hard to tell what exactly just happened because it looked like the ball just like went through the hoop and it was like Aiden like looks like he got it there, but like very fast. Really... I will say that like, very fast, very yeah. quick. Even on TV at first, I was like, "Wait, did that? Did what he happened? dunk it, or did like did someone else tip it in?" Like I couldn't tell. Yeah. And like uh, Aiden even like looked around, and was like, well, "What's going on, guys? Like, did I just do that?" Like, so I, I don't know. It was just pandemonium. Um, like everyone is going crazy. Phoenix started celebrating. Like the Suns just started full on celebrating. Well, they started. Like, there was some, some shoving in the like center oh, court. Yeah, like cousins. Yeah, cousins Hooker shoved. And, I think Hooker Hooker, and, yeah. Like, do or Morris probably. I don't know. Um, Morris might have been there too. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of words. <laughs> how was what was the reaction to the uh, the headbutt? That so I didn't realize how bad it was. Like with Booker's nose. Um, it, it just kind of got quiet. A lot of booze for Pat Bev, but like, I feel like it was just more worry about Booker. But like, yeah. we were also so far away that like, it just looked like I thought he had like a concussion or something. And I was like, oh my God, like, he's not going to be able to come back in the game for like, mm-hmm. the concussion protocol or something. Um, I didn't realize it was the nose. And then like, Beverly also came off and you could see that he was bleeding because his bench was like closer to where we were sitting. Yeah. So he came back through there. And so I was like, like, he's bleeding. So like, what the heck happened to Booker? And so you weren't really sure. Um, but yeah, that was a weird moment. And then Booker wasn't on the bench for a while. Yeah. And I mean, he broke his nose. It was, it was clear yeah. from the TV coverage that when they zoomed in on his face, his nose was like a little, little shaped up top, like upper. Yeah. And like Beverly at some, at one point, like took the blood off of his lip and like showed it to the crowd into the broadcast yeah. like look i'm bleeding and it was a different play completely yeah. so a lot of blood um and then and then cameron Payne is just has like the best game of his career oh, he's two for eight from three but he still he still goes for 29 points and like 10 assists oh, 29 points in that scrappy game incredible his straight line speed is something that like i noticed in the lakers series but like he can like it's impossible to stop when he's just he basically gets a straight line and then kind of like flips it up so quickly. And like, yeah, it like looks awkward. It looks like he's like falling out of bounds. That's yeah. It make Zubac sense. blocked it that one time, but he's got the, he's got the runner. He's got the, the three, the form that he has from three. It looks like he's doing like the jump man logo when he, when he lets go of it. His feet just spread out yeah. so much. He's, he's had a definitely a career redemption here, but um, oh, yeah. I think that's basically everything about the game. Um, yeah, the only other thing I will mention is that Pat Bev, after the steal, he was, like, riling up the crowd. I don't know if you guys got to see it on TV. Yeah, he well, he, he was, like, walking around, right? Like, Yeah, was, yeah, and he was antagonizing the crowd. Big yeah. Was, yeah. Um, well, it, that that was game just really decided by role players. Like, Booker struggled a lot yes. with, with – Beverly's defense was pretty good on Booker. Um, I think Booker shot, like – he had that big shot at the end to put him up one with like 30 seconds left. Yeah. But I think overall it was like three for 15, something like that. 
Um, yeah, campaign. You needed you needed everything you got from him. Aiden was huge. Aiden was dominant, especially in the first half. Um, they kept going to him, but um, and then Kennard was sort of like keeping the Clippers in it at the end. So yeah, Kennard um, had some big shots. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get as much Terrence Mann as as I thought we might see, but um, they stuck with the big lineup quite a bit. Yeah, they did. They they had Zubac in there a lot more, um, and I thought he played decent. I think Aiden would have. I think it was clear that like Aiden would have like eaten him up if not like yeah. because yeah. the way he was, small, yeah. the way in the first half he was just getting every look he wanted and he still shot like like thirteen for fifteen or something like that like mm-hmm. it was it was pretty pretty easy for him to score but um so how was the food in the box food and drink what was that food like it was great uh, they had uh, like pork ribs um they had mashed potatoes and like some mixed vegetables that's what i had they had like a little like taco thing as well set up um and then they had like kind of like more bar food like nachos popcorn uh, hot dogs so they had a little bit of like everything um you kind of pick and choose um some like sandwiches in there i think too um i didn't really look too closely but, like salad that type of stuff um and then free drinks so a lot of dos Equis on my end Lots that's nice. Of dos Equis. That nice. yes so yeah. it's great um and yeah i mean i didn't really have to worry about anything right like i i, I kind of i flew there and they got the tickets they got everything set up they're driving so yeah like, you, you don't have to leave once you're there you know yeah. you don't have to like yep. oh i'm gonna go get concessions like no i'm gonna enjoy right. my pork rib you're just there right. it's perfect yeah, yeah. No, you got a little nice. like yeah <laughs> I've been to, I've been to the so I, mean, I I used to go to a lot of Pelicans games with my grandma and she had like the club area so Ooh. sort of the same thing not not free drinks but they did have free food from what I remember and it was it was pretty good um and I've I've been in a box for some football games but never for an NBA game um mm-hmm. I went football to a box boxes seem nice though it does I went I went to a box in the Dallas in the Cowboys Stadium like the first game that it was ever open because my dad's a uh-huh. big OU fan it was BYU Oklahoma so I was in a box for that but I was like nine years old so I don't remember that terribly. But um, yeah, that's, is that the first, when was the last, have you been to a Phoenix game before that? Or when was the last one you went to? I've, I've never been to a Phoenix game in Phoenix. I okay. would have gone in I think like you told me January. This. Yeah, I was going to go in January of like 2020. So like right before quarantine, but um, I, I got like sick that period. Um, yeah. And so I wasn't able to make it out. And then I, I've been to like a Suns Clippers game in like 08 or something, but that was in LA. And like, that was like, Chris came in and like Elton Brand and the Getty and like it was yeah it was a mess. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they lost like the Clippers lost by 30. Oh wait, Clippers is not yeah the, not not, the, not a lot of good memories <laughs> for them. Um, yeah. So okay, let's talk let's talk let's let's talk a little bit about game one because that did happen. It was exciting, and then look at the game Booker. three. Um, that was the Booker yeah. game. Yeah. yeah, the Booker game where the Sun, the Clippers are putting Booker in all these actions to start, but like the difference between them and Utah is the Suns close out so much harder and so much better than those shooters. Um, and yeah, the Clippers were able to hit a, a bunch of threes in game two, um, but it wasn't like the onslaught we were getting versus Utah. Um, I thought Rondo played a little bit too much in the in game one, but he was pretty good in game two. He, he hit some shots. He was um, in game two. He hit yeah. a lot of threes. Yeah. Some of those guys were hitting threes and weren't supposed to hit threes because Pat Bev hit one too. Oh yeah, Pat Bev was hitting, and, and they bring Cousins off, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I, I like for a second, I was like, "Wait, when did they have him?" But because you just never see, like he he'll just come in for these little yeah. spurts, and he was hurting. It, it became clear, like even in game one, that like if Saric is out there, yeah, he can he can he can probably score on Saric, but like if it's Aiden, Aiden's just gonna swallow him up. Um, yeah. And they got into foul trouble in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. And then basically, once we get to the like midway through the third, it's it's just incredible shot making by both teams. But Booker is able to just do his thing. Probably has the best game of his career. If you're considering, you can go with a yes. seventy point game. Um, but I think situation wise, and yeah, the forty seven point game against the Lakers, I think, was the only other one that like I that was good. But that that game was so like it was such a blowout. Like it's just early. done. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that was like his shooting performance in that game was like pretty absurd, but like this game, he kind of got hot at the end, whether the Lakers game was sort of the beginning, he was unguardable, but he just keeps getting to that mid range spot from the elbows where he's just pulling up and he just, he just jumps higher than the defender and it's, it's hard to contest and he gets, he knows how to get to his spots. So, um, 
Yeah. Game three tonight. Chris Paul's gonna be back. We're we're in Staples. Um, still no word on Kawhi. You would think he would like. Let's say that let's yeah. say the Suns win tonight. Is there a scenario where Kawhi doesn't play in Game Four? Because I feel like I think he tries to come back in Game Four. That that if would be, they lose. Yeah, like like, how like, we know how hurt he is because yeah. Because they upgraded to like a sprain, right? Because like initially I thought it was like a tear of some sort. I was like, how does he come back? It was a t- there was like two days where everyone thought it was a tear because they were like they feared yeah. he had done his ACL and like every other time we've seen that in the past. Like that that was the news with KD yeah. where it came out and it was like uh, alert, like Warriors fear that KD has torn his Achilles, and then he did, and th- and then like every time this happens, it happened with Jamal Murray too. It's always like they fear it initially. And then it happens, but I guess with Kawhi, like either they're not telling us, which could be a, a bit of a strategy thing, but like I don't. That's the only. But like, I don't think it changes it up all that much, right? Like, it doesn't. Like, I just don't. I think if anything, especially at this point, like I mean, we talked about this. So I think his impact would be more defensively against Booker, like and against some of those guys. Like it, like the Clippers' and offense is play small like, if you have him. You could you could definitely play small for more, um, and you could I guess you don't have to play like Beverly, and you don't have to play like you know some of these Rondo. some of these yeah Rondo minutes where he's struggling. So it, it tightens your rotation, it makes you a little bit better. But um, do you think it's more likely that the Suns get another sweep or that the Clippers push this to six? I. The, the weird thing is that, like, I, I think if Chris Paul comes back in game three, like, I would expect us to win that game. Just Which he is. He's I, going to play. Starting. Right. And so if he's starting and Kawhi's not playing, which it seems like that's the case. Kawhi's out. Like, yeah, I just don't, yeah. So, like, I, I just don't see how the Clippers pull it out just because, like, unless, like, CP3 is not himself, if that makes sense. But, I like, think the, shoot, the shooting, they could hit 23s and win. I think the shooting could be yeah. the effect. But that's but like the, the only way that I see them like winning. Well, like I, I yeah. just think like they, I, I don't know how the Clippers like play because they can't really go big because like CP3 is going to pick on the big, and they can't really go small because Aiton is going to pick on the smalls. So like I, I just yeah. don't see it. But like I, again, like yeah, you could see a big shooting night. Um, Ty Lue's seemed to figure things out in Game Three in the past, so maybe he throws something that I'm not even like thinking mm-hmm. of right now, um, and maybe just try something. Um, Paul George also had a bad game in game two. So, like, if he plays better in game two, yeah. like, they probably win that yeah. one. Um, so, like, if he has a, a game, like, in game one, how he was playing in game three, um, then I, that could change things a lot. Um, you saw that in the Utah series as well. I felt like he played better once Kawhi went out and, and they were, like, they needed wins. So, I, I don't know. You know, it's I feel confident, but like it's the Clippers and like they've been doing it to like everybody else. So like I don't know if we're different enough, but I think we're better defensively than Utah and like more locked in consistently than Utah. Which yeah, I there's no question. No, better defensively, okay. and yeah. I mean, arguably better coached than either of the two teams that the Clippers have faced. I mean, Carlisle was good, yeah. but the zone was very the zone that they went to was sort of like this gimmicky thing and the suns don't really have to do that i feel like um and suns have a lot of options to throw out there aiden's played well enough without cp3 that he could be in for some more monster games um if i had to say i would think the suns are going to end up winning some five just because i feel like yeah had the clippers won last night i would feel pretty good if I was if I was a Clippers fan, just because yeah. it seemed like it seemed like yeah, you were forced to play 36 hours after that crazy game six, and you have to go to Phoenix in the afternoon where Phoenix has been you know off for a week, so it felt like that game was like going to be really hard for you to win. Regardless, seems like they really they really tried to win game two, like left it all out there um, with all the role players and everything, and they they couldn't get it done. So. Um, I think I think they're gonna have to have a pretty good shooting night to win tonight, um, unless Paul George just goes nuclear, which I don't really see happening um, against a team like Phoenix. Yeah, I see more of a chance that they just get hot from three and just light it up. Yeah. Um, then yeah, Paul George kind of getting his. 
But, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it still always worries me. This Clippers team has a surprising amount of options as well. Um, so they kind of kind of you know, keep throwing stuff at you. But without Kawhi and with CP3, I think it just feels like a series we should take. Like, I, I would probably put more money on, like, us to sweep than the Clippers pushing this to, like, six, six or seven. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and you think Booker – you think Booker bounces back a little more, so. Um, yeah. That's much with Chris Paul. Like, I think that, yeah. Okay. Well, so there's your Western Conference. Um, Eastern, we had – so last time we talked, um, Philly had just won game six in Atlanta. Um, it really seemed like that was the one Atlanta needed to have. And then we get this just not really a meltdown, I guess, but just this disappointing performance by the Sixers in game seven to the point where – Ben Simmons trades are already being discussed internally today. Yes. Um, there, there was a, there was a story that Woj had on Twitter that was like they're sort of discussing the future of his career, like him and Clutch because he's the Clutch client and all this stuff. There's been tons of Simmons trades that I think we should talk about because it's just fun. But I, we yeah. have we have a question <laughs> about uh, Simmons trade coming later, so I think Perfect. we'll we'll do it when we hit that. But there's a okay. ton of like interesting ones, I think. Um, yeah. But we get we get Trey going into Philly. He shoots five for twenty three, but hits the biggest shot of the game from about thirty five. Ben Simmons passes up the dunk. You know Tobias is not blameless here. Herder red velvet. <laughs> yeah, Tobias got away without blame. <laughs> yeah, no, Tobias escaped pretty pretty hard. I think. Well, the Tobias swing that we've had, like I respected him, and like I should have just never wavered, honestly, because like. Two years ago, I was as hard on him as like anyone, and like, yeah. like after that net series where he just couldn't do anything, and I was like, "Why is this yeah. guy like? Is this guy really worth like what they gave up for him?" And it was no, and it's still no. But he played earlier in this series. He played pretty well, um, and he played well against the Wizards. But he just disappeared again. Simmons is at a point where it just seems like he's mentally broken and needs needs some yeah. some kind of restart, um, some change of scenery. I think that's clear. I would be. Would you be surprised if he came back next year? Like, what do, what do you think? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back at the start of the year. I'd be surprised if he ended the year there. I will say that. Okay. I, I don't think he makes it the whole year. Also, with that, like, I, I thought it was funny how, like, people were blaming Ben for, like, not being aggressive. But it's also, like, you know he's, like, not going to be aggressive. Like, it's not, like, some, like, unknown thing where, like, for the first six games he was this, like, aggressive monster. And then, like, in mm-hmm. game seven he's just, like, turned off. Like, you know he's broken. And like you gotta like work around that, and like you just can't. So I, I, he got he got more timid as the series went on. Because in game one, he was attacking a lot. It felt like, and he was yeah. flying around on defense. And he, you know, he's attacking the basket more. The problem is that you have George. Even if you don't want to play him, you have George Hill, who's not aggressive at all. And it's kind of that the George Hill in this series was very strange. I thought he would be a good piece for them, and he just kind of never wanted to attack um and, you know atlanta now has has made this amazing run where they've they've stolen game one of the last three series every single series they've been in and they've been able to eke it out um and i think we owe trey young an apology especially since we've based on what we saw last night i was i've been pretty hard at him but i will say that like the, what I what I saw back then where he was getting these stats but they weren't winning is not really like I feel like that was the right take in the moment um it's a different team around him I'll say that it's a different team it, it is it is Capella's been a lot better herder's been a lot better um and you know he not the, the fact is he's putting up similar stats they're just winning and they have figured out how to hide. I think, I think, I don't even think it's that he's improved on defense. I think they've figured out how to hide him a lot better. And that's just like a coaching thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, that some of these guys are just maturing into their roles, but they're, they're at a point now where they beat the Bucks in game one and we'll, we'll, we'll delve into that in a second. But it's just this, this Atlanta team is just really, really resilient. Um, they're fun. It's, it's, it's Trey Young just when he does, when he, he either gets the floater, he's doing that wraparound pass to Capella or the lob to Capella. It's really hard to stop because it's really fast and it's, it's awesome to watch. Um, yeah. But I, we didn't 
you know, this this is this Atlanta team is is gonna have a real chance against the Bucks, it seems, because the Bucks are either it seems like every other game, either it's a broken complete malfunction by Bud or Chris Middleton just shoots six for twenty three and they don't hit a three and their offense dries up. So um congrats to the 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 Hawks for just for just doing this and getting to this point because because they they really played some super hostile environments um they and love they it. they took Embiid's best punches over and over and over again and came out on top so um I, I think it's more Trey just evolving into this you know borderline top ten player now where where you really have to have I think there is a real conversation about him and Luca now which which is not like which even if you said this a week ago, it would have been pretty, I think you would have gotten some hard pushback, but I mean, after game, after game one last night, there's, I th- I th- he definitely has a better supporting cast. Um, playing worse teams, arguably. That's what I'll say. He didn't have to face the Clippers yeah. twice. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm not saying that he's better than Luca. I will not say that until you know, unless he wants to Yeah, there's a conversation there. There's a conversation there. I, I mean, I think there's definitely a conversation for him to be in the top 10, 12 players in the league now. I, yeah. Oh yeah. He I mean, like, what he just playing. did, so, like, yeah, he killed the box yesterday. Like he. Yeah, we'll talk. Him. Let's and like, well, let's talk about it. Yeah, because I mean, that Hawks offense yesterday was a lot of go out there, Trey, and, and, like, make something happen, whether it's off your, like, off some sort of pick-and-roll set. Um, they love that, like, double-drag stuff, with the, the double-screen actions. Um, just something with getting Trey downhill, or if Jeff Teague, for whatever reason that Jeff Teague was out there, just let Jeff Teague get lost, and you can kind of pull up from wherever. Yeah. Um, and a lot of Atlanta's offense – came from Trey Young's hands. And, you know, that's not to downplay, like Gallinari hit some big shots. Um, you know, I, I thought Herder is, is like kind of finding like his spots now, if that makes sense. Herder's just like, crazy. He, 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 yeah. he does like the pivot and you don't know if he's going to fade, if he's just going to go up and he kind of, he's, he's able to just get to, yeah, get to his spots, like you yeah. said, and, and be creative and the way he's getting his shots off. Yeah. But a lot of what, like, say, especially like John Collins and what Capella can do is largely off of what, what Trey's skill set is, right? Capella is the lob threat. Capella creates space for Trey as well. And then Collins, I think most of the looks that you get for Collins are some product of Trey, whether it's like, you know, a Trey Collins pick and roll forcing a switch. So now Collins had like, yeah, Drew in the post a couple times. Um, a lot, there's Collins, a lot of that for Atlanta. Last night, where yeah. where it's a, yeah. there's a small guy in the post, and it was Gallinari or Collins just posting them up, taking the fade away or getting fouled, yeah. and that, and that's a good offense. Nice. So, that's um, a great offense, yeah. Um, Collins have opened in the corner a couple times as well, and I think Trey found him. So yeah, it's it's yeah. Trey forcing those switches, and it's Trey sort of making that panic. Um, and it seemed like in the first half that the Bucks were totally fine with Trey just beating them with floaters, and it wasn't really the lobs; it was mostly the floaters. Um, and he was getting to that same spot over and over and over again because the Bucks were running drop. But the thing is, they if you look at last night, the Hawks averaged about 1.65 points per possession versus versus drop. Um, and when they switched, it was like 1.3. Both are really high. Um, and yeah, you can say that, but you can't like – the problem is you can't just take the 1.3 because they're still going to lose. There, there has to be other solutions to this. Um, and it, it's hard for to keep your best defender on Trey. We saw this a lot in the New York series. We saw this a lot in the Philly series. Um, I think Philly yeah, Drew was – it was very hard for Trey to get around Drew, but Drew just couldn't stay on because of the, the – Yeah, because they're, they're just going to set screens until until they want they get the matchup they want. They're really good at matchup hunting. Um, and that, that's, yeah. that's really like – I think that's kind of surprising for a young team like this, where they they know they know exactly what what like advantage they want to get, and that that might be a McMillan thing, um, but it it seemed to seemed to really work for them, especially in game one. So, um, Bobby Portis rises from the dead. He I don't think he played for games five, six, and seven of the Nets series. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> and he gets some buckets, but they also – Bud was, like, favoring him over Giannis minutes. So the Hawks go on this 17-7 run where Trey's just hitting everything and doing the floaters, doing the lobs. And then Bud decides, I'm going to put in Jeff Green in the conference finals game. Um, which really – yeah. Jeff Green was good. I mean, no, Jeff Green. <laughs> no, Jeff Green. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff Green was good in, in, the, in some high pressure moments. But yeah, Jeff Teague was, was getting some minutes. Um, Trey was torching him, obviously. And it really felt like Trey got whatever he wanted in the first half, and the Bucks were still winning. Um, and in the third quarter, it kind of just opens up. He he starts. He, they start going under the screens. He he's just able to get to his spots more. Herder get Herder, Herder starts scoring. Bogdanovich is just clearly injured, and they didn't even need him to do anything in this game because just Capella was Capella dominating inside. Um, Brooke Lopez only had two rebounds this entire game. Um, like, what is the point of having him out like, there if he's not rebounding any catch? Well, you, yeah, I mean, Giannis, the, the offense that they have where it's just clear out for Giannis is yeah. pretty good because he was able to get a ton of looks even when it was Capella guarding him. So I think that's that's what you want to do mainly. And the fact that, that Middleton wasn't hitting shots off of that really hurt them. But um, Milwaukee did shoot really poorly from three in this game. Um, Atlanta shot a little less poorly, but I don't think that's – I don't think you can really like chalk it up to. I think you can chalk it up to Middleton just, yeah, playing playing badly than you can to. But you also you you need better answers for Trey because he was getting whatever he wanted and he had yeah he ended with forty eight points, eleven assists, six rebounds, all time playoff performance um, for him. Um, best game of his career too. While we're at it with Devin Booker, it's pretty crazy that both of those guys are just rising to the moment. Um, and we we saw it again with the Bucks. Bucks at the end of the game, they just can't. Their offense just kind of sputters out, and Atlanta's just playing with a ton of confidence right now. You saw it throughout the Philly series. You saw it throughout the New York series, where they've just Trey is not scared of anything, um, and he's he's always wants the ball in these moments, which is just not the case with with Giannis. Whether it's Simmons, it's just that's kind of a rare thing to have. It's like a like him and KD have been the guys this these in these playoffs that have said, "Give me the ball, I want the I want the shot." Yeah, no, I mean it's been so much fun to see. Um, he, he is just rising like crazy, and like a lot of what he does to me is, is a lot reminiscent of, of if Steve Nash had like yes. wanted his shot a lot yes. more. That's the comparison. Um, it's uh, not it's not a Curry yeah. comparison because his shooting not Curry. as good. The Steve Nash thing because the 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 wraparound passes are. Just Dude, the Wonder Capella was like, "Am I watching Nash Namari right now?" Yeah, where he he, he'll he'll like makes the layup and then wraps it around, and he he get the the behind the back pass to the shooter. Like, (laughs) that's so funny! Oh my god, he did the shimmy where he um. They just kind of left him. He didn't even really drop the defender. They just like let him go. What was that? I don't know that he had so much time. He had like five seconds where he just was standing yeah. there, and then he shimmies before he even shoots it. Like it wasn't yeah. even like after the make. It was crazy. Um, and <laughs> I, I mean, I thought Milwaukee would take this game just because I thought it was a bad matchup for Atlanta, and um, and, and maybe it's not. Maybe if you have if you have this elite 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 creator like Trey, where his defense isn't really hurting you because you can hide him on guys like PJ Tucker and Connaughton are just kind of sitting in the corner anyway. Um, I think, yeah. I think there's definitely like ways that the bucks can attack him, but if they do, their spacing is going to have to be better because when they did attack him, even with Giannis, there was like a guy in the block and a guy in the dunker spot. So it just didn't make sense. Um, and if you can kind of get him in foul trouble, then maybe that's a, that's a way to win, but the bucks have a real chance of taking this thing. I mean, the Hawks have a real chance of taking this thing now. So, um, yep. what, what do you think? What do you think happens in Game Two? And is the can Bud make an adjustment? Well, uh, you know what? Surprisingly enough, he he did make the adjustments. I thought against Brooklyn. Now he's helped because Brooklyn kind of ran out of people. But uh, I thought he was okay. To, like they they got better defensively. I thought against Brooklyn to a degree. They did. Um, they did. So you know, I, I think he will. I think. The first game is such a feel out for him. I think he's 
at some point he's going to play Giannis a lot more. Um, and, Is he though? Yeah. Is that that seems like the thing that he never does except for Game Seven. I hope he doesn't wait that long. I I think he's got to learn, right? At some point, you gotta learn. I think <laughs> maybe I'm putting too much faith in him, but I, I think they got game two. Beyond that, like I don't even know if I can have a prediction for the series because this, I, like, and so many things are up in the air. Like, will Middleton play well? Can the Bucks shoot? Because if the Bucks shoot better, like if Tottenham starts hitting threes, now you're in trouble if you're just trying to hide Trey on him, right? If PJ well, Tucker how- making corner threes, that is different. So if I, you're I Bud, just, just force Bogdanovich to guard Middleton, ISO, or like something like that. Like attack the guy who's injured. And they didn't really do it with Harden in the series before this, but I mean they don't match up Bud at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, don't know what they look for to attack. It seems like they, they they do it with Giannis sometimes, but it's really like a Giannis ISO. It's not really like yeah, getting the switch yeah. that they want, which is like yeah. kind of what playoff basketball is. So yeah. um it's very we'll odd. See. I, I'd still think I'd take the Bucks to. I'd still think I'd. I'd have the Bucks taking it. Um, I think so. It's gonna be tight. Like this gonna be know. six or seven games. <laughs> I think Atlanta could win in six. I think Atlanta could win in seven. If it goes seven, I don't feel good about the Bucks coming out of Game Seven. I just don't. Even even if we yeah. saw it in Brooklyn, I think they were. You know, if KD doesn't wear a shoe size too big for his feet, they lose. So it's like there's so many ways. Like, um, and I mean. We can talk about the Brooklyn Game 7. I'm still pissed about it because I just thought that, <laughs> You stayed up until, like, 3 that night, and you were just fuming. Oh, I did. That was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my well, God. Drew plays terrible the whole game, first of all. He, yeah. play, he, he's playing, he plays terrible, and he hits three straight shots to, like, take it within one. Katie's doing all that he can. It really it, it became very clear to me after rewatching like, the final five minutes of that game that, that KD, like – knew that if they went to overtime they were going to lose and that's why he chose to take the three that wasn't a three in the moment well, i thought it was a three and i was very excited and <laughs> <laughs> that's rough that's rough yeah they, i mean you they didn't get the, the, the bottom line this is what we talked about on saturday they 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 didn't get the role player that one guy that they needed and it it had they done that like KD would have only needed, you know, 42 instead of 48. And the fact that he had 48 in the game seven, most points in game seven ever, by the way, 48 points. So, um, nothing bad left, can be said about KD during this one. No, he left his mark. I think it, there, there's not even an argument anymore for him not being the best player in the league, given what we've seen from LeBron. And yeah. even if, I think even if Kawhi was able to, win another championship i would still say katie's the best in the world if Kawhi comes back from three uh, three nothing down against us and then goes on to win the championship i'll give it to him I yeah three nothing down not two nothing nothing if he comes down from <laughs> three nothing after two two nothings i will give Kawhi the best player there better not be any honest if they win either no, I, I just don't know i think not. Katie Proved he's a class above. Um, yeah. And Harden was okay. He shot two for 12 from three. That was really the difference in the game. Um, he shot the ball maybe a little bit more than he needed to. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, I would agree with that. And I think I think they could have. But I guess he know, had to because nobody else was stepping up either. I don't know. I don't, I don't think in those spots he could have given it to KD because KD was just conserving, conserving, conserving. I do think KD yeah. like probably should have gotten some more rest. Maybe. I just don't know when. Yeah, I don't know it's... when that would have happened because it seems like they needed him the whole game. There was a point where they were up yeah. by like seven in the in the third quarter. I was like, all right, okay. this feels good. This feels good. Um, but I mean, really, really. It came down to Joe Harris, that wide open three with about a minute left that he just misses. Yeah. Um, and the Bucks are able to score from there on out. So, but you kind of um, expect anyway. him to miss, don't you, at this point? I do. He, I do. Yeah. But he, yeah, he, hit, he hit like his first one. So I was like, oh, <laughs> I think we have something yeah. here. But he, he should be shooting like, <laughs> if you go from the regular season where he's shooting like 58% on wide open looks, it's just a big. Big downgrade, but now, so after, so it, it's kind of weird how this has progressed because after that game, I was like, okay, now we're not gonna get, um, 
Brooklyn, Philly. Yeah, because I still thought Philly would win. And then after yeah. after uh, after once no before okay so before that game I was like okay Brooklyn Philly it'll be good. After that game I'm like okay now we'll still get Milwaukee Philly which is the series that we've been waiting for for you know three years. Um, yeah, and then. Philly blows it, and now we have this yeah. this this surprisingly fun Atlanta Milwaukee series where Atlanta has kind yeah. of just turned into this must watch team. Um, and in the West, both games have been close. Um, yeah, the West has looked a little bit more scrappy, I guess, but like the the West close like, games. I exciting. think like throughout the playoffs, the East is like the focus has been on like these teams' mistakes. Yeah, and like I think other than like like the the stuff with like the jazz in the West, it's kind of been yeah. like a product yeah. of like more good than bad, like more well, good people decisions. just taking over, right? Like, yeah, like Kawhi. I mean, like, honestly, one. even with the jazz, like the, the, the jazz thing, that game six loss disaster. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. Now that I have so many questions and we already talked about it, but um, the, I think a part of that was the Clippers finding out their identity of this small ball team that, that we've talked about before that can just, you know, live and die so by the fun. three and that's how they're going to play. Um, yeah. where the, while the East has just been like, bud, 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 for like, for like <laughs> 12 straight days, literally, which I love. Three straight years, bro. Three straight love. years. Yeah. But I mean, after game five, it was like deafening. Um, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then it's like doc, 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 Simmons, 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 you know, all this stuff. And now we have, we have our final four now where none of these teams have, have won a championship. I think the last one was the 73 uh, Milwaukee 71, 71, 71. So oh, exactly yeah. 50 years from Milwaukee. If they come That's out, the Suns have never won. It, the Hawks have never won it. And the Clippers have never won it. So, yeah. Um, That's crazy. we will have a new ish champion. And the first time this really happened before this, was the 2015 Warriors where it was exactly like 40 years, um, and this will be 50. So, if the Bucks win, um, yeah. and now I think this has been one of the wackiest playoffs that we've had since. I think it's even more wackier than 2015. I think I think it I think it beats 2015 more. just because ultimately in 2015 the the best two teams were in the finals. I'm not saying that's that that's fair. not the outcome that we're getting, but I think that. This one, it's a lot more up in the air. Like, you don't know how these teams are going to do next year. Like, you don't know if the Hawks are going to repeat like this. You don't know if the Suns are going to repeat like this. Um, the Bucks, yeah. you'd kind of expect to get to this point again. But, like, even then, you're not really – like, if they lose, then you don't know what the fuck happens with them. Um, and then the Clippers are really the only team that I think you'd, you would have expected, maybe, to get to this point. Okay, so the fact that neither of the one seeds are in the conference finals is pretty – is, is yeah, something I that alone yeah that usually doesn't happen um mm-hmm. so you know you have you have a team in the clippers where they're they're the four seed you have four versus two in the west and in the east you have three versus five yeah and three versus five is pretty crazy just by itself yeah, that does not happen very often so you have neither of the top two seeds in the east you have these historic like come from behind wins and losses um it's just been yeah. a crazy playoffs it's been super enjoyable but um just wanted to give y'all some historical context on on what we're seeing here because these these teams that have sort of gotten knocked out and we're we're at a point where if if you asked like okay who are the top 12 players in the league you go lebron KD, steph Kawhi, harden uh davis luca lillard Embiid. that's eight right there Jokic. Jokic, Jokic, sorry, yes. He's higher. He's higher than ninth. I know I said him ninth. He's higher than that. Yeah. Um, and then you have after that, um, mm, a little bit more of a toss up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now you now you do have the conversations of like Trey Young, um, Chris Paul. But, Would you consider Chris Paul that high? I don't but, know. But the fact that like none of your top seven are left right now except except for Giannis, if you consider him except for Giannis, like, yes, I, I don't Giannis. Know. yeah but i don't i don't consider i mean i don't if you ask me i don't so. yeah based on these performances man I, I don't know if i do 
He, he's not a playoff game winner. He's just not – like, you, you can't give him the ball and he's not going to win you the game. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. But we're getting – it's some new faces. So, okay. We're going to get to questions now from Instagram. I'm going to pull them up right now. Um, Cameron Hudson just liked my tweet that uh, Tobias Harris is chilling right now, despite being a negative six and shooting eight of 24 and getting paid more than Simmons. Eight of 24 is like, it's not horrible, but that's pretty bad. You want some more. It's not six for 23 like Middleton. All right. It's not six for 23. I am, I have the questions. Okay. We're going to do five of these. We had seven submissions, so that makes it pretty easy. Um, there you go. First question we have from Billy Anderson. Opinion, Ime Udoka, who is the new Celtics head coach, and the Kemba Al Horford trade, which we haven't talked about yet. Yes. Um, well, uh, with you, I love it. Um, love seeing a fresh face get a chance. Well, fresh face get a chance at a head coaching job. Um, he has been, uh, I mean, around the league for a long, long time now. Uh, he bounced around a lot as a player, and then, I mean, he was with the Spurs organization as an assistant for, I think, eight years, something like that. It was a long time. Uh, with Brooklyn this past year as well. So I think it builds well for him. You know, I think he, he's stepping into a team that has a lot of upside. Uh, he's seen uh, talent, if that makes sense. And he knows how to, like, he's seen people work with talent like that. And I think Boston does have that kind of talent to, to work with. Um, so I, I think he's a good fit for him. Um, you know, and I like Brad Stevens kind of taking a chance rather than going back to like a Jason kid or, you know, something like that. So I, I like a, a new person getting a chance. Yeah, I mean, he's he's someone that I know I wasn't familiar with before, like, his name was getting swirled around. I looked into it, and everything that I've heard about him is very positive. Um, and if you're Boston, like, he was going to be one of the top guys you were looking at. Um, and now with that that this Carlisle to, to, to Indiana news that yeah. really I, I didn't see coming at all. Um, I didn't think he would take that job. So, I mean, well, had the Bucks lost, that was the obvious way – um, and now, if they lose this series, I don't even think Bud gets fired because I think the the leverage, won't, like the fact that they they got past what they did in previous years, um, is probably a good sign. So, um, with the the Kemba Al Horford thing, um, I like it for the Celtics because. Um, the reason, okay, so the reason why they didn't resign Horford when when his contract was up and got he got three for ninety nine from the the Sixers was that that number was pretty absurd, yeah. And his his contract is a lot lower now. Um, and Kemba was was someone who's just going to have the injury concerns. And last year he just was never really himself. He was great in the bubble, but um, outside of that, he was not making a huge impact. Um, and now you you have Horford. Um, who loves being in Boston? If I had to guess, he's probably going to finish career his career there if they let him. Um, yeah, and that's another center in the rotation. You would think that this probably means that they're going to get rid of Tristan Thompson at some point. Um, what it means for Robert Williams is a little shady. That that part of it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because I thought Robert Williams was really good in developing. He's sort of on that timeline the Celtics have with the three young guys, the third being. But maybe Horford helps his development too. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe Horford can teach him some stuff. Um, and I, I would be, I, I I hope that they they commit to starting Rob Williams because he was really great for them all year. Um, and you know, I, as for Kemba on the OKC side, I I would be surprised if he's in OKC for the start of next year. It's sort of how these things go. Um, as far as destinations for him, I don't really know. It, it, it It's... Not a think, lot of takers. I don't think there's a contender out there that really wants him anymore. Unless, unless it's the Clippers. Uh, um, Lakers. Oh, God, I don't... I don't think you want to pay that much money for Kemba. I think the Lakers are, like, almost smarter than that. Like, it's weird as that sounds. I don't know if they would do that. 
I think the Ben Simmons domino has to fall maybe before. Yeah. Um, the Heat were were my team that I was looking at. Maybe they like them. Um, but you know, I don't think it's a great fit. But that would probably be the most likely location I could see for them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's not a whole lot, a whole lot else, man. Yeah, I think Philly. I think that- Philly now. That's an interesting one. If Simmons goes. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think Simmons is going to OKC. So I think there's going to be like a third. There needs to be a third team in there. Um, and Well, will Simmons have the choice? <laughs> well, no, but I don't think OKC wants Simmons because I just don't think they want any part of oh. it. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. I think they, they, they have Shea. So they're like, why would they? Right. You know, why would they get another guy? Shea's yeah. better right now than Simmons is probably. But, but you can play Simmons as a big maybe. You could, yeah, and they, they could. Okay. If there ever was a team to just experiment like that, it could, it would be them. But um, yeah, who Simmons? Shane, it also Shane depends Pine. where they draft because we we can talk about this lottery order. I didn't get any questions about it, but the Pistons end up with the number one pick, and they're probably going to get Cade. Um, they're picking Cade. Yeah. The Raptors have some a move to make, maybe because they got the four pick. Um, yeah. I think they'd be happy with just getting Suggs at four, but maybe if. You know what mode they're in right now because I like they're yeah. not in win now, right? They're in rebuild, I guess. I think they're gonna, the wacky friend, I think they're gonna try to be win now mm-hmm. while they have Siakam because, yeah, Siakam's still pretty, young, right? Siakam and Van Vliet, like they're both like what 26, maybe. I don't know, maybe younger. yeah, yeah, that, that one's Siakam's, hard. Uh, well, Siakam's 27, so he's getting there. That's why I kind of yeah. think they have to be win now because yeah, the Lowry yeah, thing. We'll see where Lowry goes. Philly is obviously a destination for Lowry too. Um, so is the Clippers. But um, okay, good question. Moving on. Um, this is where we talk about Ben Simmons trades. We have Austin Rath coming in with CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons straight up. I say yes. Sign me up. Um, definitely like if I'm the Sixers. Sign me up. If if I'm oh, if, if I'm, I'm in Portland, sign me up. You think you think I you think they it. do it? Like no I hesitation. Absolutely love it. No hesitation because you, like again, you would have to convince that like you'd have to be convinced that Ben Simmons wants to play off the ball and is okay with like taking like a Draymond esque role as like the like screener, and then like working out of like a short role with Dame. But like I want to see that. I want to see Dame. I want to see too. Like, where does that role. leave Nurkic? Oh, Nurkic gone. Get Nurkic out of there. You play with Zach Collins, maybe, but even then, like you probably just go small. You commit to small ball. You play Simmons, and you deal with it. I think if they're willing to get rid of Nurkic. It's a it's a very exciting thing. Um, and, and Nurkic was already he was very weird in his like uh, like post series press conference after yeah, he lost. He was like, was. I don't know. I have to like reevaluate. So like, it was. Um, yeah, I like that. I I like I like the idea of Ben Simmons going to the Spurs for some some I like that as well. Some, like. Turtle maybe and some other pieces. Well, Philly would Philly want another big? I don't know what Philly wants. I think you take another big and just say bye to Dwight. Um, or like, yeah, if you're looking for. Sh- I don't think they need. Any- I think they kind of address the shooter thing. So like, if it's so Dejounte Murray, like, maybe like a ball handler, great. But I don't know if the Spurs are willing to put up that. Not so for, yeah, not for Simmons. So maybe Lonnie. Yeah. Lonnie, um, I mean, the you could do sign and trade with DeRozan if you wanted to, but I, I don't really yeah. like that fit on Philly that much. Um, I, think, I think they lose. Yeah, I think it's more they of getting, losing. Yeah. yeah, I think it's getting more of the the guard there. Um, but Lonnie, I mean, it's gonna have to be more, way more than just Lonnie and you know salary filler. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem with the Spurs. I just don't know what their package would include. Yeah, I think Simmons on. Um, there's, I think we we talked about this last time, maybe with Simmons for, like, like if you do Sacramento and you get like, like healed maybe or, right. uh, yeah, I would like to see it. So they're not trading. Fox. I, I don't. 
So, but yeah, they might be open to trading Heald. But I don't know what that fits like for Sacramento. I don't either. It's kind of weird. But I think they're dumb enough to do it. So. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. Um. That's yeah. That's about it. I don't. There's been, I mean, there's been there's been a lot. There's been some Bulls with with Levine. There's been some some Lakers rumblings. I don't think I think the Bulls. I could maybe see that with Levine, but I think I think if you're Philly, you're very happy if you're getting Levine back. Um, yeah. And there's been some Lakers stuff with Schroeder where they, they do the sign and trade. I don't like that for Philly. Really, the spacing's already weird, dude. Yeah, I don't really like that for either team. But I don't. I think yeah. that's definitely like Philly. Assets wise, they lose that trade. Oh yeah. And other than that, there's going to be some mystery team that probably comes out of nowhere um, here that we're not seeing yet. Um, As far as like contenders go, I think that's kind of it. Um, He could get shipped off to like Detroit or some of that. There's a chance. Why mess up Cade? If you're getting Cade in Detroit, don't you like not want Simmons anywhere near that? Because if you're like Cade is going to be our guy, then like why even have Simmons? You know, I, that's I, fair. That's fair. I think uh, I think the Portland stuff, the Portland one's very interesting. I think it's definitely like, I mean, odds odds wise, odds wise, they are the favorite if he does get traded. So um, I, I would like. I think that's the one I would like seeing the most for both teams. Um, Okay. Anyway, Drew Amsler, recurring guest, asks, who is bound for 28 28 points per game season next year, and why is it Chris Tops? Um, It's not Chris (laughs) Tops. Definitely not. First of all. Yeah, I think think out of guys that haven't done that yet, that are sort of on the come up, um, I think Fox Fox is a good candidate. Booker. Mm. Uh, John Brown, maybe. Uh, who knows? Um, I mean, like, I think it's definitely a step too far with Anthony Edwards. But if he like really improves, uh, oh, yeah. for, we've got Simmons in Minnesota is kind of an interesting fit too. If they want to do the D'Angelo, oh, for D'Angelo, yeah, yeah, because Cat kind of works with it because Cat likes threes. Cat, so yeah, yeah, Cat can stretch the floor. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting. I don't think they really get better, but like. That'd be kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah. This, as far as the scoring, the scorer thing goes, there's like Booker is like, like, yeah, he would probably be the pick. But it, it seems like what is the what did he average this year? Like twenty three, twenty five and a half. I think. Okay, or like that's almost. pretty high already. So like, I think yeah. if there's someone that you're looking for that's just gonna come out of nowhere, oh, it explode like Jeremy Grant. Siakam, Siakam, that would take a leap. I don't know like, if he could do that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's. I don't think he's built that. that yeah, way. Van Vliet, like what is Van Vliet at? Like twenty twenty two. Is he at twenty two? There's no way. I think he's I'm higher. Sure. Than I think he's lower. Uh, Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, he was at nineteen point six. Wow, that's a lot lower. Okay. Yeah, um, so that would take a big jump as well. Okay. Siaka might have been at like twenty two. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. I think I think I think like those guys that we named. But that, this is a very hard question because this is hard to predict. Yeah. Well, Zach Levine almost got there already, right? Yeah, he was like twenty seven. Yeah. So he's basically. So I guess you could say him. That's kind of a cop out answer. I feel like. Um, yeah. 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 I, yeah. I don't know. That's tough. Um, okay, question number four. Asher asks, who would you rather build around, Booker or Mitchell? Oh, that's tough. I'm biased, so Booker. Um, unbiased me? I don't know. I, I, I'll say I think Booker does more things on the court. But I think Mitchell is just a better, like, pure, like, go out and get it score. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, like, who's younger? Uh, I think Mitchell about, like, a year. I think you're right. Booker is 24 right now. Mitchell's probably 22, 23. 
Uh, I don't know. Mitchell's 24 as well. Okay. But Booker has been in the league, I think, longer now. I think uh, when you factor in the playmaking, it probably has to be Booker. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, Booker can, like, run point for you if you really need yeah. to. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think I, Mitchell, like, is sort of wacky. <laughs> His playmaking okay. as the Clippers didn't impress me a ton. I'll say that. Wait, what? Well, I, I was saying, like, Mitchell's playmaking against the Clippers didn't impress me. Yeah. He was, I mean, his scoring was amazing. He still averaged yeah. 33 on the ankle. But um, I think they needed him to do a little more playmaking-wise, which is a lot to ask of an injured guy. But yeah. still. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll go Booker here slightly. Um, this is a hard question, though, because Mitchell is one of my favorites. Um, and defensively, I think they're about the same. Booker might be a little yeah. better. Because he's bigger. Um, yeah, Burke's trying more now. So both are pretty bad. clutch. Um, yeah, both are super competitive. Just want to win. So that's that's a great question. Um, okay, we have final question from Tarun. If the Bucks do not advance to the finals, do you think they will try to replace Middleton with a better second option? I'm gonna say no. I don't think they do it. So I don't think they have a lot of flexibility with that roster just because how 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 thin their bench already is. And if yeah. you're like trying to do like a two-for-one kind of thing and just the options that are out there, like... CJ would be the guy, I guess. That's the that same. That's a lateral like, move to me. And maybe even right. you lose the defense. Yeah. Um, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to say no. I, I don't know what the move would be there. Um, yeah. It's so the second, like the secondary score position, is like so kind of thin right now. Like, like I don't know if this if there was some deep disaster with the Celtics that like that this season would have already ha- happened. You could maybe make an argument, but like it would take a lot for the Celtics to get rid of one of those two guys, Brown or Brown yeah. and Tatum. Um, and the other like wings that I am think because if they do if they did do this, it would be a wing. Yeah. So, like, those wings are hard to come by, and teams are not willing to get rid of them. Um, yeah. And they gave him the contract. I think he's locked in. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't see it with that one. Yeah, I, th- I think the bud move is probably more likely than a middle. Oh, move, yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that will be – that will be – what a day that will be, if it ever happens. <laughs> Glorious day. I mean, thank I, if they lose in seven, like, does he get fired? I don't. I'm gonna say no. Like, no, I, I don't think so. But if he loses in like five or six, yeah, <laughs> there's a chance. Um. Okay. I think that is all we have. Um. Good questions as always, and we will be back probably early next week for. I think by then, well, let's. I'm gonna look at the schedule here just to just to make sure. But I think by then, could be like game fives almost. So game game four of Phoenix. Okay, so Sunday Sunday will be game four of Milwaukee Atlanta. Or no, that will be game three. Three. Would it be? Yeah, yeah. it'll be game three. Yeah. So if we come if we, if we come back Monday, it'll be before game five of Phoenix. Clippers, which will be good, a good, yep. a, a good point to be at, I think. Um, okay, so that's all. That's all we have, um, and we will see y'all when we see y'all.